That's one small step for man, one giant leap for womankind. Talking Townswomen. For those of you who don't know about Townswomen's Guilds, or TG as we call it, we're a female membership organisation with groups known as Guilds across the United Kingdom. Townswomen's Guilds was established in 1929 and we grew out of the suffrage movement, the women who fought to change the world for a better life for women. So we proudly still keep up the fight and campaign to help improve all women's lives. Welcome to Talking Towns Women. I'm Penny Ryan, the chair of TG, and today I'm joined by Maureen, Jenny and Helena. Would you like to introduce yourself, ladies? Yes, I'm Jenny. I'm a former chairman of the Townswomen's Guild and I live in Dorset. Good morning, Jenny. Morning. Hello, I'm Maureen. I'm from High Heaton Townswomen's Guild and I'm the newest trustee. It's lovely. And I know you've moved quite a lot, haven't you, Maureen? I certainly have. I had a little think about it and I've moved ten times. That's all. Okay. Um, And we also have Helena with us, who's our marketing link. Helena, would you just like to say hello? Morning, everyone. Yes, I'm Helena. Um, I work for Nexus, um, who assists TG with their marketing. That's great. Today, we're going to be talking all about what's in our attics. Now, you can interpret that literally or metaphorically, but things like what we simply cannot bear to get rid of uh, and what we really should be getting rid of. A lot of us will have spent this time during lockdown making changes to our home, rummaging through boxes that haven't been touched in years and perhaps even considering moving house. So let's kick off with the question, how long is it since you've been in your loft? I haven't been up in mine for about six years now because my knee doesn't like it when I go up the ladder. What about you, Jenny? Well, it's been about a year since I've been up in our loft. Uh, Yes, I should go a bit more often, so my hubby tells me, and clear some of the, well, he calls it rubbish. I call it, well, may come in useful one day. And Maureen? Well, I um, actually have only ever been in my loft once. I I don't like going up in small spaces, but my husband tidied it up and, and wanted my approval. So I went up. He'd been up there a week, by the way. And I went up on my own very bravely and was attacked by starlings. Oh! <laughs> they had a nest. So... And they had, I hadn't bothered my husband at all, but they attacked me, and that's the last time I was up in the loft. And I'm not going up ever again. It was scary. So, so do you have a loft, Helena? I do. However, we moved house in... Uh, I've nearly been here a year now, so we moved house in August last year. Um, and I've moved into um, a converted bungalow, so it's now a dormer 
bungalow. So our loft is actually in the eaves of the house rather than um, in a, you know, on a ladder in our old house was. So it's so much easier to access. I can just open the door and walk in. It's brilliant. Oh. You know, I, it's a revelation for me because I'm the same as Maureen. I don't, I really didn't like going in our loft or old house. I really hate small spaces and the ladder situation. I never liked that sort of thing. So now mm. we can just um, go into it quite easily. So yeah, but I can't say I've, I can't say I go in there much. Um, it's really, a, I try to minimalize it. So um, I think we probably last went in it shortly after we moved in really it it's interesting isn't it I, I think we all use our lofts for different things I've now lived in my house for 34 years um, and to the best of my knowledge things have been going up in that loft in that time but very few things have come down again I know that I've got a huge collection of Barbie and Cindy dolls belonging to my daughter up there. I think my ex-husband has some books up there still. Um, we separated about 30-odd years ago. Um, and I have some bits and pieces belonging to former nannies up in the loft. Um, I don't think, other than the Christmas decorations, there's anything of mine up there. What about you? What sort of things would you have up, up there? Anybody? Well, of course, we've all got our Christmas decorations up there. So I suppose we go up once a year to get them up and get them down. Uh, and I think most people do that, don't they? Yeah, I never, I never like the bit of having to try and put it back in the box, though. And it never goes back in the same way it came out for me, the Christmas decorations. Well, no, I do try to um, get rid of some of the very old ones and not be tempted to put them up again. <laughs> what about you, Maureen? Do you have, what do you have in the loft? I don't put my Christmas decorations in the loft because if I did, I would never have a Christmas because my husband hates it. So I leave those deliberately out of the loft. You won't <laughs> be surprised to know that I've got a lot of empty cardboard boxes from all the moves we've had. they're very expensive so we don't want to get rid of them so we've got quite a bit of that in the loft Um, we don't actually have a lot at the moment because just before lockdown um, we cleared our loft out and we got a charity um, shop to come and take it away so we were quite lucky in that um, because we're moving again and we wanted to clear the loft. So that it's, there's not a great deal up there at the moment. Well, do you have other spaces that you can hide things in, in its place? Oh, well, I've got a whole craft room, but that's another story altogether. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about that one, Maureen. <laughs> <laughs> My craft room is full. Yeah. In theory, there's a spare bed in my craft room. But it's it's been a theory for the last 10 years, I think. <laughs> We've just dispensed with that fantasy altogether. It is just oh. a craft room now. <laughs> oh, that's good. Will you be able to preserve it as a craft room when you move to a new house? I don't know. Possibly. Possibly. We'll have to see. I, I am in the process of decluttering it at the moment now that the charity shops are back open and I've got somewhere for the things to go. That sounds sensible, yes. 
we, we, we really need some kind of uh, TG system to exchange surplus craft materials, don't we? I, I already have somebody who I do that with. They run a craft group. So anything I don't want goes to, to, to Lee Street, um, Seventh Women's Guild, and they've got a craft group and they tend to pass it on to people who've been... I got a, a phone call from my aunt's hairdresser the other day saying she knew I was a knitter and that she'd got a lot of old machine knitting cones and what could she do with them? So can you guess what I said? They can come to me. I'm not sure that I will use I don't use a machine machine knitting, but I do like knitting with very fine yarn. So I'm hoping that I can blend and roll them into balls and what have you. One of these days I must learn to spin so I can actually spin different threads together. Jenny, what's in your craft room or do you do you not have a craft room? Oh, I've got a craft room. Uh, lots of things because I do have a, I have a, I run a craft club for my Greenbourne TG and uh, so once a month. So I keep getting out stuff but it never seems to go back in the right place. So at the moment it's a mess. But I also got my computer and sort of a, a mini office at the other end of my craft room. So you can usually see it when we do the quiz on Tuesday with Beryl, the TG quiz. In the background is the mess of my craft room, which I'm a bit ashamed of. <laughs> I never noticed I've, that. I've seen that, Jenny. But compared to my craft room, yours is Spick and span. <laughs> oh, I don't feel so bad now, Maureen. Thank you. I'll tell my husband that one. <laughs> I have my ironing board up permanently in the craft room. But since Christmas, I haven't been able to iron anything because there's so much stacked up on the um, ironing board. Uh, oh, I have a husband for that. I hate ironing and he doesn't mind it. So he ends up doing the ironing. <laughs> That, this is one of the advantages of lockdown, isn't it? You, you know, you don't need nicely ironed clothes to wear because nobody's going to see them. I know, it's great. So? I think in my loft, I've probably got a lot of old stuff that I used to use for craft. I did have a couple of old knitting machines, but I have parted with those from the loft. But there is a lot of craft stuff, I think, still up in my loft when I've got the time or the, I've got to have the urge to go up there and sort it all out. Yeah, it's the urge. And you you actually need to send somebody else up there to get it down so you don't get distracted up there. Oh, that that would be fatal if I send my hubby up. We have two lofts and my loft is absolutely full because I've moved a couple of times. And like anything, when you do part with a partner, I was a bit in a state, so I emptied the loft into another loft. And when I met Rod, I met all that loft into one of his lofts. So I really have got to go up there and sort it out because there's things in there, well, kids' days, toys, puzzles, games, you name it, is in that loft. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Well, I solved the problem of, of my daughter's things by as soon as she got married and bought a house, we went up into the loft, took all of her things down, hired a van, 
and delivered them to our new house. (laughs) (laughs) She's actually got a bigger house than I have. So I thought they've got plenty of room and they've only just, just moved in. They'll have plenty of room. So I said, there it is, darling. You can have it. <laughs> well done, because it, most of it, most of it was her stuff. We had said when we moved into this house, we weren't putting anything in the loft. But then when we took it all down from the previous house, it was mostly Catherine's. And we ended up actually having to put a big loft hatch on the landing with a ladder to get it all in there. Oh, God. As, as soon as I could... It just went to her. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear. I I dread to think what mine's like these days. We did put hardboard down up there when we moved in, or my husband put it down. Um, But he didn't put it everywhere. So you have to be a little bit careful about where you put your feet, um, which is another reason for staying out, I think. Um, the only thing I do know is that when he changed the hatch, it doesn't quite fit. So we have a little gap all the way around that I can see daylight through uh, because of the loft window. And every now and then I get a shower of eerie wigs or beetles coming down from the loft, which isn't very nice. I should clear it all out. Well, at least he didn't do what my friend did and decided when they moved house to put a new loft hatch in. And they moved it from the bathroom to the hallway, which is much more convenient. Mm. Um, They'd already had everything up in the loft. um, And he did a beautiful job, really first class job. And then they decided they needed the the cases for the holidays. They went to get them. And they didn't come down. They, they hadn't made the loft hatch big enough. Oh, no. <laughs> he'd, he'd measured the existing loft hatch, but then he'd used the inside measurement to make the, outs, to make the outside, if that makes sense. It's, yes. it's a bit bizarre. And so uh, they didn't fit when they came to get their cases down. They couldn't get their cases down. His, his wife was not very happy. I know what we've got in our loft that we cannot get down. We had to have a new water tank. So, of course, oh, yes. took out the old water tank, which was very old. And, of course, miles too big. So if we ever move, there's a spare water tank in our loft. Yeah. At least you don't have to worry about moving that, though. It's... Not necessary to take it with you. Oh, yeah, no, it will never come down because it's so big. One of these very old-fashioned ones. But it's amazing what you have in the loft, isn't it? It, it is. It is. I sometimes think that my neighbours next door might be extending through into my loft. I lay in my bath and hear bumps overhead and I think to myself, is that them breaking through or... What I, I'm going to trust them and assume it's it's not them, but uh, it's probably coming through the wall from the staircase next door rather than anything else. But it makes you a bit uneasy at times. But still, would you call yourself a hoarder? Any of you? Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm really. 
you know, it's like everything. And my husband's to say, oh, it, that will come in useful one day so it doesn't get thrown. Because the minute you yeah. throw something, it's when you want it. Yeah, it, it, I think our generation had that ingrained by our parents' generation who were wartime. Yes. And uh, I remember when we sorted out my grandmother's house, we found a drawer that was marked bits of string that are not long enough to do anything with. And literally, they were bits of string that it that none of them were long enough to do anything with. It, it was sad, but uh, she was the one that always sat there at Christmas and smoothed out all the wrapping paper so that we could use it again. Sorry, the only trouble is when you go in the loft and you start opening those boxes, and I know I've got boxes up there, what I call my memory boxes from my mum and dad I didn't like to throw everything away you know when you clear out you've you've got to clear out their stuff but I kept certain stuff and I filled a box and of course when I go up there and open it I know I'm going to spend another half an hour or an hour just cruising through the the box and not getting very far I think a lot of people do that I mean I have some of my dad's things in one of my wardrobes um, and I feel guilty about having them, that they should be shared with the rest of the family. And it's, it's at one time, I had a brass fender in my loft that my grandfather had made. Well, I don't have any fireplaces. And I was quite relieved to pass it on to a brother. But then when he moved house last time, he had nowhere to, to put this fender and, and actually bit the bullet and got rid of it. But um, it's such a difficult balance, isn't it? Holding on to things and then letting them go. Yes. Have you thought? About, have you thought about making doing something with your your precious memories that's more accessible, so you can share them with the rest of the rest of your household or family? No, I haven't, Penny. And when I've got the nerve to well, not the nerve. When I've got the urge to go up in my loft. I think I'm going to sort through it and see what I can do. And that's a very good idea. And I will think about mm. it uh, when I get up there. Mm. Somebody told me um, if, you, if you can't bear to part with things, but you haven't got the room, you should maybe take a photograph of them so that you always have a photograph of that item. And if you ever have to get rid of it, or even if you have to maybe pass it on to another family member, you still have a photograph of that item. And I thought that was quite a good idea because obviously you can just keep your photographs on your phone or on your computer. You've got them forever. Um, if, you, if you really you know, don't want to, to part yeah. with something. Yeah, I think there are a lot of things that we have that we don't necessarily want but because they have a family connection um we feel guilty about getting rid of um i've got a, a family bible under in the drawers under my bed and it records the marriage of a great 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 grandfather in 1800 and the births and deaths of all their children and it it's a it's been recovered in black oil cloth. Um, yeah, I watch 
the repair shop on TV and I saw them doing a marvellous job with restoring something. But I'm not, I'm not convinced that they would be able to do anything with this Bible because I'm sure it wouldn't have been of huge value ever. It's certainly not a first edition. And my family were not a wealthy family. So I wonder whether it, it's something that I should keep, I should do something with. It's quite difficult, isn't it, to decide on things like that? Well, I think you should keep it, Penny, because that's the history of your family. And, yeah. you know, and, and you can always, as you know, get them done, these Bibles. You can get them recovered. Mm, yeah, it's 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 another one of those bits that needs to come together when I have time. Yes, that's it. I, when you have time, Penny. Yeah. <laughs> one of these days. I'll put it on my list of projects for when I step down as chair. Oh, you'll need it then, Penny, definitely. <laughs> yes. There are some things, though, that you just don't want to get rid of, aren't there? I mean... I've got my mum and dad's wedding ring and I would never get rid of them. And I've just got some little, little things, you know, like christening, a christening cup from Catherine um, <laughs> and things like that. There's some things you just don't want to get rid of. No. I mean, the, the spare, the spare pots and pans that you've got, I think they can go, but you know, precious things. Mm -hmm. You need to keep those. Yeah. I you know, we were go we were going to move, um, but it all fell through. So, but I packed up. I do. I collect Goble Hummels figurines. So I packed them all up because it, they will be passed on eventually to one of the children. And uh, I very carefully packed them all in boxes, and I've put them up in the loft, and that's where they still are. But at least I know they're safe up there. Yeah. I haven't, as I say, I haven't moved for a very long time. Um, but before that, we were moving every few years. And I, I remember things going missing on moves. Do any of you have any that kind of memories? Oh, yeah, I had a few. I had a few last year when we moved and I've still not found them. You know, little bits and pieces that you just think, I definitely did own that. And you just don't know where they've ended up. Even though we obviously packed up the well in fact we didn't actually pack everything up ourselves we had somebody who came to help us do it all because at the time I was um I had a really bad back so I couldn't lift everything um but then even when we were unpacking when we got here there's still bits and pieces that I have no idea where they've ended up um but yeah it's it is funny how I'm sure give it a couple of years and I'll suddenly find things and go oh that's where that went or oh I didn't realize I still owned that um yeah, there are little bits and bobs. Luckily, nothing sentimental, but yeah, it is funny. Kitchen bits and bobs, you know. Sure, I own that tray or that casserole dish. Yeah. Uh, never to be seen again. We mislaid all the doll's house furniture at one move. <laughs> um, it must have been when my, oh, let's think, it must have been when my little sister was about seven and we moved. And it didn't turn up until we moved again. And that was a long time. That was 10 years later. So she was really moving on from the doll's house stage at that point. But they turned up in my father's wardrobe in a shirt collar box. 
Um, it, it, you know, it just, we'd always assumed that it was shirt collars because that was the sort of box it was. Nobody checked. Uh, nobody remembered packing it away. It's it's very frustrating, isn't it? I, I've tried recently. I've been trying to put different things in different colour slip folders, for, um, so that I can know instantly that if it's a yellow folder, it's X, and if it's a blue folder, it's Y. Well, that's fine. I know that I've got something in a green folder. But do you think I can find any green folders at the moment around the desk? <laughs> They've all gone missing. I once found something that I'd been looking for for a very long time when we moved, and that was a diamond engagement ring. I'd I'd miss. I thought I'd just maybe mislaid it, um, and I I just could not find it. And I'd had the house turned upside down looking for it. And when we moved, we found it behind my daughter's chest of drawers. She was only about four. She'd obviously thought it was nice and sparkly and liked it and took it and then just completely forgot about it. So that was a very good find when we moved. I was very pleased to refind that. Children can be little hoarders at times, can't they? Um, or little magpies, I should say, because I remember once uh, before my birthday, my daughter had been collecting the posts that came in addressed to me thinking that she would surprise me with it on the day itself which was a Sunday and what she didn't realise was that she'd pushed one of the items too far to the back of her cupboard and I was really distressed because I hadn't had a birthday card from my father and she told me that she she'd passed over everything and I finally got up courage up to say to my father you know did you send me a card Oh, yes, he said. We went to a lot of trouble to get that one. And it was about four years after he died when I actually found the the card that he'd sent me tucked. It had fallen down the back of the cupboard that she'd put them in. Um, It wasn't her fault. It wasn't his fault. But it was so sad that it happened. Anyway, sorry, that's, that's a bit macabre. So, has anybody done a car boot sale? Yeah, not not for a while. The other half does the car boot sales. He loves them. I sometimes go, but I am not do not like them very much. But we do have a good clear out, and we are waiting for a safe period that they can open and everything will be okay. And hoping to get rid of a lot of stuff that we have collected during the lockdown. That sounds like a good idea, doesn't it? One of my sisters used to take, uh, before Christmas each year, she'd take a table at a local car boot. Um, we, we were a non-driving family, so she didn't have an actual car boot. But she'd make the children clear out their toy cupboards um, and they they'd take them along to to sell them before they were allowed any new presents for Christmas. When you think she lived in a small house and she had five daughters, you you can understand why she might be doing that. But it, it did seem harsh and not something that I tried. What what was what would you say is your prized possession that you'd never get rid of? I think for me, very I mean it's a very small item. Um I had um one of my nans and who sadly passed away in October last year, her um she had one of her um, amethyst rings resized for me, which is 
I mean, it's absolutely stunning. It's 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 quite the piece. It's it's quite the rock, but um, it's beautiful, and that is something that I think will I will treasure for my whole life. Um, you know, obviously her not being here as well. She was we were incredibly close, and I think that's the one thing. If somebody told me that the house was about to burn down, that would be the thing that I would ensure that went with me. Um, because I think that's something that, as small as it might be, that would be the one thing that I think will stick by me for a long time. Um, it's a very special piece of jewellery to me. How about you, yeah. I'm, I'm still thinking. I'm just looking at my bookshelves. I wonder if uh, I would actually take the album of baby photos for my daughter oh yes because that would matter to me but it would also be important to her she may not think it now but actually if you've got no baby photos of yourself and I didn't for a while you do feel slightly disconnected from your your origins Maureen have you thought of yes um well because of something that happened in the past, we were flooded and a lot of people lost a lot of things that were precious to them. I've actually got a little metal box in case of a fire and mm. I've got Catherine's little things that I've kept from Catherine's baby, you know, when she was a baby, a little toy mm. and a little, the suits, the grow, grow, I can't remember what they're called now. Um, and there's a little jumper in there that I knitted for her. And I've put my mum's and dad's wedding rings in there. And just in case anything happens. And obviously with being flooded, I keep that on the sec like on the first floor, you know. Um, we mm. were very lucky when we were flooded. We didn't lose photographs. But that was what people really, um, if they lost their photographs, they were very upset. Yeah. So I, I can I can understand taking a photo album. I think I've got most of my photographs. I've um, been working at to put them on digital, so that they're, mm. they're in a cloud somewhere. They're perfectly safe. Yeah, I think. <laughs> well, hopefully. I think hopefully. I would take my my folder with my family history, which I haven't got back to mm. doing. But there's a lot in there. Uh, I've lost parents, brothers, and sisters. I've lost all my family. So it would be nice to pass that on so my children and their children know the history of the past, that they did have grandparents yeah. and great-grandparents. Uh, and I think it's important because nowadays we just forget about our actual past family. And one of these days I will continue to do it. Yeah. Uh, I imagine it's taken you a lot of time to compile it all it as well. It did take me it? a lot of time. I did it before I took on the chairmanship of TG, because you don't have time to do anything, as Penny knows. Um, but I was quite into it at the time, because, and I found things out, because I thought we would, I was the last in the line of my maiden name. Uh, but I found, you know, cousins second removed had actually contacted me. Uh, and it was very, very interesting. But one of these days, I will get back to it. Yes, I've done that, Jenny. I, I started to research my family tree, and yes, I think that I think that now that you've said that, that would be something I'd want to keep. But again, I, I think I've got it saved somewhere in a cloud somewhere. Um, but you do learn some very interesting um, things. That's why you shouldn't get rid of your family bibles, by the way, Penny. 
Yeah. Because a lot of information is in your family Bible. Yeah. I, I've done a lot of tracing forward from it, uh, which is, is quite useful. But uh, unfortunately, the first people in the family Bible, first man was James Russell. And it was noted that he came from Scotland. But James Russell is an incredibly common name in Scotland. So I'm not really sure that I can get back to his original family. It, it, it does make life a little more difficult. But anyway, do you have a... a how, how Apart from being a hoarder, do you manage to... Or do you demand of yourself a certain standard of neatness in the rooms that you live in? Um, or would you describe them as cluttered? Well, not all the rooms. No, I used to be until I met Rod, who is tidy. Um, so the main rooms in the house are sort of decluttered. I still got craft stuff in the lounge, in the conservatory, and of course my craft room. So I suppose, yes, I do spread out a bit with that. But other from that, you know, I do try and keep it decluttered. Maureen, are you tidy? Well, the reason my craft room is so untidy is because the rest of my house is relatively tidy. <laughs> That's where it all goes. Um, otherwise, I don't think I would still be married. <laughs> when you're living with somebody, you've got to be sort of aware that they might not be interested in crafts at all. Yeah. Our former chairman of uh, TG Guild, um, that I belong to, Earlsfield, she was a great hoarder and so was her husband. And when you spoke to either of them, they would always complain about the other. You know, she she was very kind and used to give me lifts to various places and was constantly talking about her husband having an engine uh, to be fixed in the front room or having taken over the whole of the loft for his train sets and what have you. And, and I got the impression that he was the real hoarder in the household. After Mary died, John kept coming round with things of Mary's that he'd found. And he told me that the bed was jam, under the bed was jam solid with TG stuff. And it, it took, I think he was coming round for about three years regularly, bringing me bits that he'd discovered of Mary's that she'd, you know, she'd obviously ordered and then forgotten she'd ordered them and ordered the same thing again. So I've inherited a lot of craft stuff from her, uh, which is used for TG all the time. But things like I have a painted Mar Marjorie Corbett Ashby from when uh, TG used those as a, a celebratory tour. Which anniversary would that have been for? Would that be 80th or before that? Do you remember the Marjorie? Yeah. Well, no, no you, you've seen you've got a Marjorie, haven't I've you? I've got a Marjorie. I've got a, a plain white one, and I'm very kind of during my chairmanship they uh, i was given from scotland a, a colored one which was absolutely mm. well i've always wanted it uh it's yeah. a really lovely but it was quite i can't remember what the anniversary was i i can't either it was, it was certainly before my time but i'm i'm a very proud possessor of a marjorie oh now. yes so is mine that is on my mantelpiece my marjorie is we have quite a lot of TG memorabilia, really, 
collected over the years. And one of our trustees, um, Beryl, has been doing a sterling job of watching eBay for things coming up. There are things, too, that have come from the New Zealand Towns Women's Guilds, which existed oh, yes. at some point. That, that, that existed in my time, and I've been a member for 40-odd yeah. years, yes. Yeah. So, you know, there's, there's a lot of history there. I think they're going to have to put together a touring exhibition to take round local museums and things so that everybody gets a chance to see some of the wonderful things that we've got in our collection. Do you... Um, I started a rule, which is more observed in the breach than anything else, that if I bought new clothes, I'd throw something away. <laughs> uh, I'm very guilty of not throwing it away, because that will come in useful. Unless it's actually worn out, I am, I am bad at not buying new clothes and, you know, keeping the old ones. I just hate buying clothes full stop. <laughs> I hate clothes shopping. Oh, so same here. I, I literally wait. I wait until I have to buy new clothes. Yep. And and by that point in time, the old clothes really do have to be thrown away. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I've, I think the only time I've thrown things out is when I, I, we've moved house. Three three times we've moved house, and um, I think the only time I've ever thrown things out is when we've moved house. <laughs> have to move house to a bigger space, wardrobe space each time. <laughs> I have my wedding dress still hanging in my wardrobe. So that was forty years ago. I haven't worn it since, but it's still there. And of course, because I'm so tall. I'm unlikely to find anybody else who'd want to uh, wear it. One of the problems that I've I've had in the last few days is hearing that the shop that I buy most of my trousers from and and dresses is closing because of the virus. Um, it's closing permanently. I've not bought trousers or dresses from anywhere else for the last 30 years so what I'm not going to have any new clothes in the future I can see it where else am I going to find 36 inch leg trousers you're going to have to get a TG member to start making them for you Penny (laughs) I couldn't wish that on anybody (laughs) besides I don't think I'd want anybody to know my exact measurements. Oh, know. there is that, yeah. <laughs> Penny, you meant, so you mentioned your wedding dress. There's, um, there's actually a charity that people that have gone through their, um, whether they've gone through their lofts or during this time they've been sorting out, there's a charity that um, takes donations of wedding dresses and they use the material and they make them into gowns for stillborn births um you know for people that potentially have had something like that in their in their lives or they know somebody obviously it's a, it's a tragic thing to have happen um so if people have got them in their loft that they maybe think they're never obviously going to wear their own wedding dress again that maybe that's something to consider donating them to people that um you know can have another use for it and it kind of the uh, the dress gets a second life so to speak that that sounds very useful. Thank you, Helena. I shall look forward to getting those details. I'm still not sure I'd part with it, but um, I think it's got to be used by somebody. It's got to it's got to be used for something. It's lovely satin material, and of course, it's only been worn once. 
So it's not as though when you get, if you remarried, you could use the same dress again, really, is it? No, I tell you, I tell you what I hope to do one day. You know, when the time comes, is um my 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 mum kept hers. Um, it's still in boxed up beautifully in um in their wardrobe actually, rather than in their loft. And it's been something in the family where we've used a little bit of the mother's wedding dress on the daughter's wedding dress, which I thought was a lovely idea. So that's there for one day. You know, to take something from the, the previous dress. Um, mm. and my. It's always been a thing that the the mum has made the wedding dress. So my granny made my mum's wedding dress. So I imagine my mum would like to do the same one day as well. So just before we finish, because I think we've been carrying on for quite a long time now and people will start getting bored with us. Have we got any top tips for keeping clutter down or um, sorting things out or getting rid of things? Um, anybody? If they have, I'd be very pleased for it. (laughs) (laughs) I think mine would be to make sure you're in the right frame of mind to do it because I I find that unless I really want to start looking through it all, I wouldn't achieve anything. So I think I have to give myself a a time frame and say, right, in the next hour, I'm going to do this, this and this. And then I feel like I've achieved something as well. Yeah. yeah. I, I have a good, a good friend who parcels her day up and she allows an hour for tidying, sets the kitchen timer and she knows that at the end of that hour she's going to close the door on that room and not go back to it till the next day. And she says she's surprised, you know, she's always surprised how much she's actually achieved in that time. I think the traditional advice is to have three boxes, isn't it? Uh, the the box to go to the charity shop or and a bin liner, uh, a box that you're going to definitely store for a while, and a box that you're not sure about, that you're going to put things in with a date on it. And if you haven't opened it up looking for those things within a certain period, then you just send that one to the charity shop too. But that, that to me is difficult because I noticed going through my baking cupboard the other day, there's a lot of things in there that I only use once a year. You know, if, you, if you're doing a big family party, you don't want to get rid of all of that. So the rule has to be flexible, doesn't it? Yeah, you've got to be very strong. I find a loophole in every You've got to be very strong-willed to do that. I know I've every time every time I move I have a little routine and that is going through each cupboard and drawer separately. I mean you don't have to do it all at once. Um yeah. and you'd be amazed at how much you can just throw away straight away because things do tend to get stuffed into cupboards when you're tidying up and you've got nowhere else to put it. Well, that's me anyway. So before I decide to pack and move I tidy every every cupboard, every drawer, and just throw out what I don't want um, before I pack, start packing. I think that's quite a good tip, um, especially yeah. if you know you're going to move and you're going to sell your house. You need to tidy up beforehand anyway um, yeah. to show people around. So I found that works quite well. Yeah, that's very helpful. Yeah, I think I'll wait until I decided to move 
and I'll try and put all this into practice because <laughs> it is very hard to do if you haven't got the will to do it. Yeah, yeah. I th- I think that's I think that's very true. I think some people are much naturally much more disciplined, aren't they, than others? I I I bought a book when I was about twenty years ago now, when I was in a tidying up mood. It was called Clutter's Last Stand, and it was written by a man, and uh, he had all these great ideas and absolutely no sentimentality with it. Uh, which which was good because it did inspire me to get rid of some things, but it made me wonder about him and whether he actually ever yearned for things later on that he'd got rid of. But don't you find as soon as you've got rid of something, that is the thing you want? Yeah, exactly. Definitely. And that's what deters a lot of us, isn't it? Yes. I got rid of the exercise cycle just before lockdown. Ah, it was a very dusty exercise cycle, but um, it, it would have come in useful during lockdown. Would it really? <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, possibly well, not. I got a puppy, and uh, that has kept us both sane, yeah. training a, a new, you know, an eight-week-old puppy. It, well, thank goodness we had it during lockdown. Oh. Just wanted to say, uh, when, when it comes to paperwork... And lots of people, I've had a number of queries from TG people recently who've been sorting through TG paperwork in lockdown. I would always suggest to them to keep minute books and scrapbooks that have interesting minutes in them. So perhaps your early meetings, uh, something of, of note. But if you've got minute books full of minutes that say, Jane Smith, John Brown, uh, Jane Brown, etc., etc., were present. We discussed the budget and agreed it. We did so and so and agreed it, which don't actually tell us anything about what's going on. After six years, you can get rid of that type of minute. And the same is true of basically your financial paperwork for the Guild. You keep it for six years and the, plus the current year. Um, and anything that's sort of, if you re- received a legacy, any paperwork about that, keep for longer. But but uh, basically, you don't need to keep everything forever. And when you hand over to a replacement treasurer, the treasurer will thank you for not having kept everything forever. Just just prune it down so when you get to the end of a year, you lose the one off the bo- the oldest one that you've got. And because it's so out of date, you probably don't even need to shred it. It's not going to give. I know that is one thing I did when I handed over the chair to you, Penny, was go through the filing cabinet because the stuff I kept for three years that was no good to anybody or anything, I did have a good clear out there and cleared all the paperwork out and just kept essential bits, you know, that I need, that I might need in the future. I think we have a hoarder in the office, as both of you will be aware. But at some point, we do need to, uh, perhaps when we return after lockdown, we need to have a, a concentrated go at what we've got and, and see if we can do a bit of pruning up there. But that's, that's, that's for the future. I'd like to thank you for joining me today. Um, 
both those who are here on the phone with me and for those who've been listening. We really run out of time now. I hope that you have enjoyed today's episode and that you can take something away from it, even if it's only trustees are mad and former trustees are just as bad and it takes time to recover. We'd like you to leave us a review of the podcast, if you can, via your podcast provider. And more importantly, is to actually let other people know about this podcast. You can access it through the TG website. There's a, a, a button to link you to the podcast on the home page. Our website address is www the-tg.com. You can also get in touch via our Facebook pages, Townswomen's Guild or Talking Townswomen Podcast. Until the next time, thank you for listening and we'll see you, or we'll hear you, or you'll hear us on the next episode of Talking Townswomen. So it's goodbye from me and goodbye from the rest of us. Bye. Goodbye. Bye. Goodbye. Goodbye.